Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Chapter 4, The Appearance of Sri Narada, Text Number 5. Dreshvanu Yantam Rishim Atmajam Ap Yananga Yanagnam Devaridya Ridriya Paridador Nasutasya Chitram Tadvriksha Prichati Munau Jagadus Devasti Sri Pum Vida Nat Tu Sutasa Vivekta Drishte Drishva by singing Anu Yantam by following Rishim the sage Atmajam his son Api in spite of, anagnam, not naked, devya, beautiful damsels, Ridya, out of shyness, paridadu, covered the body, na, not, sutasya, of the sun, chitram, Astonishing. Tat Viksha. By seeing that. Prichati. Asking. Munao. Unto the Muni Vyasa. Jagadu. Replied. Tava. Your. Asti. There are. Pum, male and female. Vida, differences. Na, not. Tu, but. Sutasya, of the sun. Vivikta, purified. Rishte, of one who looks. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace. A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Shri Prabhupada. While Shri Vyasadeva was following his son, beautiful young damsels who were bathing naked covered their bodies with cloth, although Shri Vyasadeva himself was not naked. But they had not done so when his son had passed. The sage inquired about this, and the young ladies replied that his son was purified, and were looking at them made no distinction between male and female but the sage made such distinctions. Please repeat. While Sri Vyasadeva was following his son, beautiful young damsels who were bathing naked covered their bodies with cloth. Although Sri Vyasadeva himself was not naked, but they had not done so when his son had passed. The sage inquired about this. And the young ladies replied that his son was purified. 
and when looking at them, made no distinction between male and female. But the sage made such distinctions. Report. In the Bhagavad Gita is 5.18. It is said that a learned sage looks equally on a learned and gentle brahmana, a chandala, a dog-eater, a dog or a cow, due to his spiritual vision. Srila Shukadeva Goswami attained that stage. Thus he did not see a male or female, for he saw all living entities in different dress. The ladies who were bathing could understand the mind of a man simply by studying his demeanor. Just as by looking at a child, one can understand how innocent he is. Shukadeva Goswami was a young boy, 16 years old, and therefore all the parts of his, of his body were developed. He was naked also, and so were the ladies. But because Shukadeva Goswami was transcendental to sex relations, he appeared very innocent. The ladies, by their special qualifications, could sense this at once, and therefore they were not very much concerned about him. But when his father passed, the ladies quickly dressed. The ladies were equally like his children, the ladies were exactly like his children or grandchildren, yet they reacted to the presence of Yasudev according to the social custom because Shuv Yasudev played the part of a householder. A householder has to distinguish between a male and female, otherwise he cannot be a householder. One should therefore attempt to know the distinction between body and soul without any attachment to male and female. As long as such distinction is there, one should not try to become a sannyasi like Sukadeva Goswami. At least theoretically, one must be convinced that a living entity is neither male nor female. The outward dress is made of matter by material nature to attract the opposite sex and thus keep one entangled in material existence. A liberated soul is above this perverted distinction. He does not distinguish between one living being and another. For him, they are all one and the same spirit. Perfection of the spiritual vision is the liberated stage, and Shukadeva Goswami attained that stage. Shukadeva was also in the transcendental stage, but because he was in the householder's life, he did not pretend to be a liberated soul as a matter of custom. So the verse again. Uh, while Shukadeva was following his son, beautiful young damsels who were bathing naked cover their bodies with cloth, although Sri Vyasadeva himself was not naked. But they had not done so when his son had passed. The sage inquired about this. The young ladies replied that his son was purified and when looking at them made no distinction between male and female. But the sage made such distinctions. Mam Vishnu Braya Krishna Prasthai Bhutai Shri Mate Bhakti Vidanta Swaminamane. Yes, of course. Namaste Saraswadun Deve, Goravani Bracharane, Nirvishesha Shinivadi, Paskadyade Satarane. We can understand two things, well, a number of things here, but one of them is how to read the Bhagavatam. After all, we can read the Bhagavatam and we can read it over and over again 
with the idea that eventually we want to visualize it. We want to perceive it, especially when there's a story involved. But this may be a little dangerous. Just perceiving with one's vision, internal vision or remembering is not actually the perfection that we're trying to obtain, especially when we're remembering things that may even agitate our minds. So, we should also remember who we're dealing with and what their mood is that will actually become more purified by remembering their mood, what they're feeling, more than just remembering them as taking part in some particular activity. So here, Shukadeva Goswami is a liberated soul in Brahman. Now, it's not going to be very easy for us to remember what Brahman or experience what Brahman's like when we're not in Brahman. <laughs> we may try to feel Shukadeva Goswami's position the best we can, but it's unlikely that if we were walking down the street remembering Shukadeva Goswami and we saw naked damsels you know, next door, we'd just be completely aloof and see them as with an equal vision as the trees and everything else. <laughs> Therefore, we should be a little cautious on exactly how much we meditate on the verse. Unless, of course, we could try to meditate on the verse as much as we can actually enter into real Brahman vision, and we shouldn't go any further than that, try to see every detail of the naked ladies and every detail of Shukadeva Goswami. We might become agitated. We might not become agitated. But the point here is raised, there's a philosophical point, that would violate trying to meditate too deeply upon this verse. Namely, that we should know what our position is and not imitate someone on a higher position. Even Vyasadeva was on the higher position, but he acted appropriately. Because otherwise, as it says, yad tad janaha siyat pramanam kurute lokas tad anuvartate. Anyone can claim that I'm a liberated soul, but if it's not appropriate to act as a liberated soul, even if one is a liberated soul, then one will be violating the principles of a liberated soul. Even a liberated soul has principles. That is, he acts as an example for others. Even Krishna acts as an example in his household life. Krishna doesn't imitate the sannyasi. He doesn't one day tell the 16,108 queens, today I'm going to be a sannyasi, and I give you up for today. And that it doesn't really matter. I see everyone equally. So I love the dog in the house the same way I love you. No, Krishna sets the example in his household life, not with one queen, but with 16,108 of them. Acts as a perfect householder. Similarly, Vasudeva acts as a a perfect householder. Because otherwise, people will misinterpret and they'll imitate him claiming that I'm a liberated soul, 
And therefore, it doesn't really matter if I see naked women. Matter of fact, it's a test of how liberated I am. I go to the naked dance shows just to prove how liberated I am. So, such type of invitation, Krishna says, Shreyan Svadamo Viguna Paradharma Sunusita Shreyadharma Nidinam Shreyat Paradharma Bhagavaha. It's better to follow one's own position in the Varna and Ashram system, even though one may do someone else's duty perfectly. Because failure in your own duty is better than to follow someone else's duty, because to follow someone else's duty is dangerous. Number one, you're taking their duty, so you're interfering with what they're supposed to be doing. You're taking over their duty, so they may not be able to do it. Number two, you're imitating. And therefore, you're not doing your duty. You're neglecting your own duty, doing someone else's duty. You're interfering with their duty. You're not doing what you're supposed to do. So it's dangerous. It's not that Krishna says that to any common living entity, you can just do whatever you want, and it's fine with me. Well, Krishna says, Yakshasra vidim utsrija vartate kamakarata isasidim avapnoti nasukam naparamgatim. According to Krishna's estimation, one should follow Shastra. Yakshasra vidim utsrija, one who gives up Shastra and acts according to his whim. And what is that whim? Krishna doesn't say, well, you know, I just feel like it because I'm just driven by, you know, my inspiration. On the previous verse, Krishna defines what he thinks is whim. Trivida narakasyedam, dwaram nashitam atmanaha, kama krota tatalovas, tasmat etam triyam chaget. There are three gates leading to hell, lust, anger, and greed. Every sane man should give them up because they lead to the degradation of the self or the soul. Etan etera vimukta kontiya, tamo dwarasrivir nara. Anyone who gives up these three gates to hell performs works which are conducive to self-realization, and thus he attains the self-realization. But if we just give them up, what Shastra says, in the name of spontaneous love for Krishna, we go against Shastra, and we're not actually liberated. Then the result is we'll become degraded. Krishna will personally put us into a degraded position, because that's what he says. That one who gives up Shastra, doesn't follow it, must be acting whimsically. And if you're acting whimsically, Krishna says, Tanaham dvishita kuran, samsareshu naradama, shipam yadrasam ashubam asrishveva yonisha. To those who are envious and mischievous, the lowest among mankind, Krishna puts them into a lower position. It may not be automatically, you know, that suddenly, you know, I did something without consultation with Guru Sadhana Shastra, and the next moment I become a mouse. It doesn't happen like that. But still, the tendency to go towards the mouse will be there, unless it's checked at some time. So, Tazma Shastram Pramadam Te, Karya Karya Vivastito, Gyatva Shastram Vidanota, Karma, karma, kartumiharasi. One should know what his duty is and what is not his duty. So Shilviyasadev realized, I'm a householder. I'm not supposed to look at naked damsels. And even my wife, there may be some regulation for that. There is some regulation. 
So I can't imitate a Paramahansa uh, because as Prabhupada said, Paramahansas generally are not householders. Otherwise, they'd be, you know, kissing their dog at the same time they're kissing their wife. <laughs> Just like Jagannath Das Babaji, he was in Vrindavan, I think Vrindavan or Mayapur, and the dogs, I have Vrindavan, and the dogs were coming and eating off his plate. So his servant didn't like that very much because dogs in Vrindavan, if you go there, are not exactly the cuddle pets that we have in the West where dogs enjoy sometimes a better life than ordinary people. Now they're called street dogs. They're dirty, they're mangy, they're most of the time they're eating disgusting things and they're engaged in all kinds of quarrels and fighting and they're not first-class Vaishnavas. As a matter of fact, Prabhupada says they're first-class non-Vaishnavas because they go around and they urinate even on the Tulsi plant. And yet, because Jagannath Das Babaji was a liberated soul, he saw them as Vaishn- as members of, he saw them as Brijbasis, the puppies, and he let them eat from his own plate. Now, if we do that, it's not going to be appreciated. Oh, he's such a paramahangsa. He's keep he has dogs coming. He's taking a little bit and he's feeding the puppies. And he's such a kind soul. They're licking their behind and they come up and they lick him and he's just in ecstasy. Now, a liberated soul may be able to get away with it on, a, on such a high level of spiritual experience, but an ordinary conditioned soul, if he imitates then it's going to be very disastrous for his devotional service. So, Shilvyasadeva act appropriately, and therefore it's explained in the Bhagavatam as an example. Because the Bhagavatam is trying to set the proper example for us, so that if we even become liberated in the future, if we do, or when we do, we won't be neglectful of the mission of Krishna and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to bring others to the liberated platform. So even a liberated soul is obliged to follow the desire of Krishna and act in such a way as to help people become liberated themselves by following a proper example. Now in the Bhagavatam there was some question that why did Krishna seem to violate? Why did he dance with young girls at the, uh, in the middle of night? Wouldn't people imitate this? And therefore, there was a complete, there was a thorough explanation by Shukadeva Goswami, Prakshamaraj, to clear this up, such as the gopis did not come in their material bodies to dance with Krishna; they came in their spiritual bodies. And Krishna happens to be God, so actually, everyone, all these ladies, were actually his wives, and the so-called husbands were actually stealing Krishna's wives. So they're immoral, and Krishna is moral. So many explanations, and Krishna was only eight years old, so how can he actually become lusty? And even if he's supposed to be influenced by the gopis, then how could he actually be influenced by the gopis because he was, took birth in such an exalted family with such an exalted history, etc. So a complete explanation is given because if Krishna didn't violate sometimes such principles, seemingly violate, of course Krishna didn't violate 
any principles because he danced with the gopis in his spiritual body and their spiritual body. That's their eternal relationship. But seemingly violating, according to mundane estimation, then how could he be, how could he be God? If all he does is follow all the rules and regulations, according to mundane conception, and never go and acts on the spiritual platform, although he's not violating anything, but why does he have to act according to the whims of the so-called materialists, claiming that Krishna is violating? They'll claim anything. They'll claim that Krishna was a thief. So Krishna shouldn't have stole the, the, the butter and the ghee from the houses of the ladies. They were anxious. The, the coward girl, men, women, Vrindavan, were actually thinking that this ghee, this milk, this butter belongs to Krishna. So they were anxious Krishna would come and take it. Although for the pastime, they had to seemingly be object, objecting to it, but actually they were praying that Krishna would come and take it. Because as we can see, they were, had more love for Krishna than they had for their own family members. So everyone, they all wanted to feed Krishna. So eventually Krishna had to expand himself into all the coward boys so give the ladies an opportunity to feed him. Therefore, one should not simply look at these things from an external point of view, but one has to go deeper to understand the deeper significance. Why Krishna would sometimes act in a way that seemed to violate moral standards, but actually didn't. On the other hand, his, the, even the liberated souls they're not Krishna. They can't imitate him and decide that they're going to dance with some gopis in the middle of the night in their spiritual body and attract gopis to dance with them. Because they're not, that's not the position of the, of the soul. That's Krishna's position, to dance with the gopis, not to imitate Krishna. So I'll stop there. Thank you. Any questions? As, the, as, as aspiring devotees, as trying to be devotees, um, um, one expects certain, um, I expect certain reciprocation in a certain form. And Krishna is not obliged to reciprocate in any form or manner with your devotion, if I may, your services. Um, um, is it because of his independent position. Um, how do we reconcile, how, how does one get the motivation to continue serving when uh, one is not actually getting a taste, which is true. I mean, you're not even looking for that uh, in one sense. At the same time, there is no as- inspiration uh, from a reciprocative standpoint. Well, Krishna is no reciprocating, and we are looking for taste. So we should try to understand what we're doing. Because if we don't know what we're doing, we won't get what we want. So we don't learn the actual... If we have preconceived ideas, what we're trying to accomplish and how we're trying to accomplish it, then we probably take a long, long time to accomplish it. So it's not a fact that Krishna is reciprocating because we don't know what we want. 
And we don't know how to get it. Even if we wanted something, we wouldn't know how to get it. Therefore, that's why we're supposed to come to class to learn about these things and inquire from the devotees who do have a taste. As they say, Shu Shu Shau Shadadanasya, Vasudeva Kataruchi, Syan Mahat Sevya Vipra, Punyat Tiratini Shavana. Oh, best of the twice born, by serving those devotees, great service is done. By said service, one acquires an ta- affinity for hearing the message of Vasudeva. So we don't have the taste, we don't have an attraction. It's not Krishna's fault. There are persons who have followed Krishna's procedure and process and have gotten a taste. Vita Raga Bhaya Krodha, Manmayama Upashitya, Bhava Jnana Tapasa, Puta Madhava Agata, being freed from attachment, fear, and anger, being fully absorbed in me and taking refuge in me. Many, many persons in the past became purified by knowledge of me, thus they all obtained transcendental love for me. Many, many persons have obtained it by following Krishna's process. And if we haven't obtained it, it's because we're not properly following the process. So that's why we're coming here to hear and with the, why we have these books and the opportunities for devotional service so we can find out what the process is and practice it and get what, we're try- what the results should be. Anything else? their devotional life, trying to be that type of devotee that's mentioned in the scriptures, how would one imagine Krishna would look at it that they're not at pure perfection? Well, in the same way, we've been in many different lifetimes, we've been practicing devotional service, that's why we're here. Rupa Goswami says in Nectar of Devotion, devotional service is generally a continuum over many lifetimes. And Krishna says, when we actually learn, I mean, we're here because we've gotten some attraction, otherwise we wouldn't be here. We just don't have enough attraction to actually say that I'm now on the spontaneous love for Krishna. Well, that's what we're aiming for. But that takes some time. Suitable practice and detachment, Krishna says. So we're learning what the suitable practices are, how to chant Hare Krishna, how to worship the deities, how to hear Srimad Bhagavatam. We're trying to learn how to do these things and at the same time become detached from all our material conceptions and desires and ideas. So that takes time. But because we're eternal, luckily we have some time to do it all. It may not be as quick as we're demanding because we're a little impatient because we haven't realized we're eternal. Actually, if we don't realize we're eternal, we're going to be impatient. But that's also part of the process, to learn patience. seems that there are, you know, devotees who are practicing the process very sincerely and seriously over several years. Um, um, and it, at least the observation is that, um, that because of their sadhana, they're very pure. Um, at the same time, you mentioned in your class that devotees have to, uh, you know, not forget the fact, not forget Krishna's purpose and Lord Chaitanya's purpose for coming here is to actually give compassion to the fallen souls or give compassion to anyone else. So then, it it seems that I mean, at least the observation is that those who sadhana and follow the process attend 
the morning programs properly and you know be very strict with their processes are not finding the time or don't have the inclination to actually go out and preach um and those who are going out and preaching find it very difficult to actually attend the program just because and this is a very practical matter matter is is uh, except for the sannyasis i mean i it's just amazing how you you do it um that um and and for grass that specifically you know there's it seems as if it's a double edged sword you can't do either one mm. yes, uh, you can properly. do either one but you have to learn how to do it and how how much we concentrate our attention and give our love to krishna how much we practice it's possible it's not that if we're so absorbed at every moment in serving krishna that we can't do everything we're not expected to do to do everything we expected to do something we can't preach to people on the outside we should sit down morning and evening with our family and chant hari krishna with them they're also krishna's servants we can also help each other advance by hearing shrimad bhagavatam from each other chanting hari krishna with each other serving the deities together it's not that necessarily everyone has to do everything but they should try to do as much as they can for krishna whatever circumstances they find themselves and it's necessary to hear regularly because otherwise we won't know what to do and if we just hear and we don't do then we'll lose our interest in the hearing so both things have to be there to some extent yes is that you know a lot of times devotees do find that oh they want to plug themselves into a you know preaching service external you know or going outside to do some preaching but it always comes to mind how uh, you know i think i guess prabhupada had said that he you know he didn't want many shooting stars but he wanted the you know the the full sun and and to me i've always felt that you can do all of these other things but if you don't have a strong you know attachment to you know the temple your your morning program or sadhana then you know those things will be kind of they'll you'll lose no you have to have both it's a transcendental sandwich the track the train runs on two tracks the strong sudden is as shuv sanatana goswami told haridas akor some people preach very nicely but they don't follow and some people follow very nicely but don't preach but you're the best because you do both so we have to run on two tracks we have to have a good sadhana we have to do something for chaitanya mahaprabhu's movement so both of them have to be there and they they aid each other when we see the happy results of sadhana and we become enthusiastic to serve krishna then he reciprocates and he enlivens us more so that we're more enlivened to follow the program we have to put into practice what we're hearing as much as possible and part of that is not only to, when we see innocent people we have to be prepared to try to help them in any way we can otherwise we're we're not be, we won't be able to see how krishna is in their hearts also we may see krishna in the temple we may hopefully see krishna in the hearts of the devotees but we should also see krishna in the hearts of all living entities including the innocent people so we can, and then try to do what krishna wants us to do which is why he came chaitanya mahaprabhu Similarly, we have to be able to 
judge our own competence and not get entangled in associating with people who draw our minds away from Krishna. So it was nice being here. We look forward to coming back. It was only less than a moment of one ten thousandth of a moment in Brahma's life. I'll be, Krishna willing, I'll be back here. <laughs> it was nice having your association. Thank you very much. Grantaraj, Shimad Bhagavatam, Kijai. Shila Prabhupada, Kijai. Gaur Primananda, Hrivat.